All right, a life worth dying for. Um, to me, a life worth dying for, you guys, is a new life. He says, I, I, this whole deal, you die to sin so that you may live a new life. And today, we're going to tackle a really destructive sin, as if others aren't, okay? There's others. But this one is super paramount in every single one of us, and it is one of the most destructive things on the planet. And we're going to talk about judgment tonight. We're talking about judging each other. And we're hoping that tonight we will find a life that's free from it, free from judging other people. And I want to tell you, it is worth dying, you guys. It is worth dying to a life of judgment. It really is. Now, here's what's true. <clears throat> We've all been judged, every one of us. It's had somebody look at us, condemn us for who we are, treat us horribly for that. Just think about how that feels. And let's just not be that to anybody else. But the truth is, there's not one of us in this room who hasn't judged either. <laughs> so whether you're feeling judged or whether you know you're a judge, this is for you. We do it to our spouses. That's why we do premarital counseling, marital counseling, postmarital counseling. <laughs> because you can't be close to another human being without seeing what's wrong with them. So we judge them. We judge our kids. Kids are super good at judging us, parents. We judge political parties, views on COVID. God have mercy on the church. Seriously, unbelievable to me. The judgment within the church over masks or no masks. God have mercy. We judge people who struggle with things that we don't. We're really good at that. We see the things that other people do that we don't struggle with, and those are the ones we like to judge. We judge people who live differently, who don't have the same values as we do. We're, we're, I could go on. You know, I'm not going to spend my whole message. You guys know it. So what does Jesus, this beautiful, beautiful Jesus, have to say to us? I just want to tell you, if you're visiting with us tonight or, or if the Christian faith is not your faith, I, I'm, I can't wait to invite you into the possibility of being actually free from a life of judgment and how God might be able to empower you to do that. Hey, and for all of us who actually say we follow Jesus, right, we're here. The reason we gather is to hear from him again afresh. But I'm telling you, can I just tell you, we are not here to learn something, okay? I'm gonna say three words and you're all gonna, you're gonna learn what you need to learn. We are here to take what we hear. Jesus said, take what you hear and put it into practice. That's what followers of Jesus do. And if we will, you guys, we'll change the world. We literally will. Okay, so here we go. Luke chapter six, that's what we're doing. We're going through this. The, uh, one of the gospel, one of the books in the Bible that's about the life of Jesus is the, the book of Luke. <clears throat> and we've been looking at how awesome he is, why he is a worth, uh, why Jesus is a life that's worth dying for. Again, when we read about Jesus, we find out that our lives are so valuable to him that he dies for us. And then we realize that as followers of Jesus, each other's lives are worth dying for. It's worth it to give our lives to other people, okay? So here we go, Luke chapter six, verse 37. Do not judge. Okay, there you go. 
We're good. Let's pray and then we'll go. Don't judge and you will not be judged. Sounds good. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Yes, that whole picture back then was, was when, they would, when they would sell grain. They'd, they'd pour grain in, but then they would press it down. They'd shake it and it would settle a little bit more and they'd press it down till it was running over. That's that picture. It's kind of cool. And it'll be poured into your lap for with a measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told him this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Won't they both fall into a pit? <laughs> the student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. And then Jesus gives one of his more hilarious little examples. <laughs> he goes, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in yours? <laughs> How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? <laughs> You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is God's teaching to us. This is his word. It's living. It's active. It's ready to speak to each one of us and it trains us, you guys, to know how to live this new life. So let's talk about it. <clears throat> First, what does it mean to judge. And this is super important because the actual word judge has two different definitions. All right. On one side, to judge something is simply to make a judgment, to say that's right or that's wrong, to say this is good or that's bad. That's all. In, in fact, God actually calls us to do this. We're actually supposed to be able to make judgments. How, how else could we tell if something was right or wrong? Okay, so there's nothing wrong. It's like an umpire who just goes safe, <laughs> out. It's like, oh, okay, got it. So go ahead and make judgments about things, whether they're right or wrong. But on this side, there's judgment that isn't just making a judgment, it's passing judgment. It's executing a sentence or penalizing the person. That's also making a judgment. So it's one thing to say it's right or wrong. It's another thing to put yourself in the seat of the judge and then put a sentence on somebody and make them pay for it. And that's why I think in the scripture, Jesus said, let me just make this clear. Don't judge, I mean, don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. So super important that we understand what Jesus is telling us not to do. He's not telling us to make don't, don't make judgments about stuff. Everything's fine. That is not God. But he is saying, when you make a judgment, don't you dare pass sentence on that person and punish them. That's my job, he says. That's not yours. Now, here's a question. How can you tell when you've crossed the line from making a judgment to passing judgment on somebody? And I think it's pretty easy, actually because you've pulled away. When you pull away from somebody, you've gone from making the judgment to passing judgment on them. Judgment that Jesus says don't do always creates distance between you and the other person. Every
everything, by the way, everything that God said, his whole purpose in Christ was to bring unity, to bring everything together, unified in Jesus. So anytime something's dividing and divisive, you can just know that's not God. He always wants to bring us together. When you're making judgments, you create distance. You, what happens is, we elevate ourselves over the other person. <laughs> and we actually have a sense of superiority. <laughs> I'm right. So now it's not just that the thing is right or wrong. It's like you're wrong and I'm right. And now there's separation. It leads to exclusion. Some of us will have nothing to do with even certain groups of people because we make judgments about them. Don't have a high enough EQ don't make enough money, don't like to do the things I want to do, and we make judgments. Now, what's interesting to me is that going through this, this passage, and I thought about, like, how do we know that that's when, 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 uh, when we've actually crossed the line from making a judgment to passing judgment? And I thought it's because Jesus gave the example. He goes, when you're doing that, you've got a beam in your eye, right? So let me just go over here to Jeff and say, hey, Jeff, how's it going, buddy? Awesome, yeah, because you and there is no way I can't get close to you as long as this is a part of my existence. Do you see this? It's just a great physical example. Jesus was such a great teacher. He's like, get it. You got one of these puppies in your eye. How are you going to get close to people? Sorry, excuse me. If you got one of these things in your eye. And, and, and you guys, what was so interesting is I'll be honest with you, I don't think I'm a very judgmental person. I have said here for 18 years, my life is one big pile of mercy. It really is. If you, wanna, if you feel shamed about what you've been through in your life, it's like, man, I will hang with you and you will get mercy from me. So I don't feel like I'm a very judging person. And uh, I, I meet together with a few guys every week and we were, we're actually reading Matthew. And Matthew has the same story, the exact same thing. And while we were reading, while I was reading, in my, just in my living room, this specific story of Jesus, I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'm not a very judgmental person. And the Spirit's like, oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. And then he started shining light into my heart. And now, what does that mean? Very spiritual thing. You know what he did? All he did was he brought to mind people in my life that I have created distance with. That's all he had to do. And then I stopped and I thought, okay, that's true. Why have I created distance with them? And as soon as I realized why, you know why? Because I think they're wrong. And sometimes the things that people do that are wrong hurt me, right? <laughs> and so next thing you know, man, I'm like, hey, buddy. <laughs> And then, you know, you do this thing where you're kind of like, how you doing? You just kind of keep your distance. This is me, and it's you. So here's what I want you to think about today. Well, actually, before I go into that. But here's what's interesting. What is this thing? What is this beam? For years, when I would read the scripture, I was always like, well, wait a second. Why is your, why is your sin only a speck of sawdust in your eye, and why is mine this? And here, because here's what's true. What you do wrong is no different than what I do wrong. Your sin and my sin is just sin. So let me just tell you, I finally realized in studying this for years, 
what this actually is. Yeah. Susie, you want to come up and help me? She's the English major. Okay. That's what it is. This thing in me or in you to God is way worse than the actual sin that's in our lives. To God, self-righteousness is a big deal, y'all. And we need to really work on this. This is so, because it's so destructive. When you judge, criticize somebody, condemn them, which leads to you withholding your love from them, somehow you're like, I'm right, and you're wrong. That's self-righteousness. And we feel superior. You know what's interesting? Did you guys, oh yeah. Do you like my little thing up there? I was looking at this and all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, look at that. The S-I-N was hidden right in there. But I love the fact that it's hidden in there. Because every one of us at some point, this is no, let's not judge each other about our self-righteousness. We're all self-righteous, but here's the problem. We don't think it's that big of a deal but inside it is sin. And I want to tell you, if you're justifying your life with your performance, thinking that you've got it together and that you're good and therefore hold everyone else to doing the same thing, you got to watch out. You got to watch out. Self-righteousness is a big deal. And here's what's great. If you're not a Christian here today, um, you you might like this. Because Christians, y'all, we're the worst. Can I get an amen? amen? We're the worst. And we should be the best at having no self-righteousness and no judgment towards other people. But man, what does the world think about Christian? When they hear Christian, what do they think? Man, you just <laughs> whacking me with all your self-righteousness. They don't want anything to do with us. The sinners, when Jesus was on the planet, were flocking to him. And we're his followers, and they don't want to have anything to do with us. Why is it that Christians, more than anybody, need to watch out for this thing right here? There's a great answer. Look at this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. It says, those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What's that mean? It means as soon as you get baptized, and by the way, not this physical thing that happened today. As soon as you put your faith in Christ, if, if you're not a follower of Jesus, what happens is you actually receive the Spirit of God. It's an amazing transaction. Jesus called it being born again. He goes, there's a spiritual birth, and that birth is the very Spirit of God comes inside of you. It, you guys, it was one of the craziest things to me when I first became a Christian. I'm like, wait a second, why don't I, like, why do I want to do the right things? Why don't, well, you still want to do the wrong things, but you do, I, I used to say this all the time, you just can't enjoy them anymore. There's something, this is it. If you belong to Christ, you have been crucified, your flesh has, with its passions and desires. That's something that's true about every Christian. By the way, if you don't have that inside of you, 
this thing that says, I feel like I need to do what is right. We still have this flesh that wants to do stuff. But if you don't have that, that's the sign that you actually have Jesus living in you. Okay? And then he goes on, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And then he says this, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, if you see a speck of sawdust in somebody's eye, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. If anyone thinks there's something, when you're not, they deceive themselves. Watch out, he says. Watch out, watch yourself, because you could get tempted. And again, I was like, okay, so if I see somebody who's really struggling with alcohol, I better be careful not to tell them about that because I might start drinking. Is that what that means? It can't mean what it means. Because there are things I struggle with that you don't struggle with, and there's things you struggle with I don't struggle with. So it doesn't mean that. No, the temptation, when he says, watch out, yourself or you may be tempted, the thing that you're going to be tempted when you see a speck in someone's eyes is this. You're going to be tempted to think that you're something when you're not. And as soon as you take this and put it on your chest and go, this is me, man, and Christians, it's crazy, you guys. Somehow he says, you got to be super careful here because you'll become, you have a chance to become conceited. You know what conceited means? It simply means to have excessive pride in oneself. You know what I mean? Isn't it funny? Like right now we can go, yeah, I know some Christians like that. Okay, good judgment. Good job. As soon as we start experiencing the righteousness of God, we have to be careful because we can start to think that it's ours. We forget that that was a gift God gave me. The only reason I want to do right things is because his spirit's inside of me. It is all grace. So we got to be super careful. Now, the cause of judging is self-righteousness. It is a beam. It's a plank to God. Okay? But now let's go back to this passage that Jesus said. Why is it worth dying to a life of judgment? There's three things he said to us. Why it's worth it to guys. Okay, let's think about this. There's the first one. He says, if you don't judge, you won't be judged. Wouldn't it? Anybody want to sign up for that one? <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love not to be judged. Let's look at it again. Do not judge and you won't be judged. Do not condemn, you won't be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it'll be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In Matthew chapter seven, which is the exact same story, Matthew, just, he, he just kind of flipped, he looked at the other side of the coin. And it says here, do not judge or you will be judged. <laughs> For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So who's going to judge me? If I judge, who's going to judge me? People or God? And I studied a bunch of people, pretty much both, okay? Here's what you can tell right now. If you're not a judgmental person, if you live a gracious life to others, and you're forgiving, and you don't condemn, you know what happens? Most of the time, everybody will treat you right back the same way. But if you're a critical person, and you see what's wrong, and you're going after people like that, you know what? Next thing you know, you end up getting treated that way. One of the things that Jesus is just telling us, let me just tell you about human nature. <laughs> this is so funny. 
This is what came to my mind right there. If you're a jerk, other people are going to be jerks. If you judge, you're going to be judged. But I, everybody I read as well, but there's something to have to do here with God too. There's something to have to deal here with God. Don't judge people. And God's not going to judge you. Now, what does that mean? Well, here's what I think he's saying. Here's what's true. You give what you possess. What you have is what you give. In fact, the very next teaching, right after this, what Jesus says, you know what his teaching is? If you want to know somebody, he goes, tell, you can tell by the fruit of their life. He says, a good tree bears good fruit. <laughs> and a bad tree bears bad fruit. And then he goes on, he goes, seriously guys, he has to say it again. A good tree can't bear bad fruit, and a bad tree can't bear good fruit. What's he saying? What's in here is what you're going to give. It just is. So when he's saying, don't judge, and you won't be judged, this is not a merit thing, and this is super important. He is not saying, if you don't judge somebody, then you gain God's favor for this. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, if you're somebody who has truly received the grace of God and his mercy on your life, you now possess it. And then when you see somebody else who doesn't meet the standard like you didn't meet God's, a true follower of Christ is someone who has received that. And now you have that to give. And so I was talking with our team about this, so let me just say what this could mean, okay? If you judge people, as if you do not judge or you will be judged. If you are a critical person who judges everybody repeatedly, it's a normal pattern for your life, and you can't forgive everybody, there's a possibility that you actually don't possess the grace of God, that this transaction has not yet happened where God has set you free and given you his grace. As Paul says in one of his letters, he says, test yourselves to see whether you're in the faith, okay? Now, at the same time, you absolutely can have received it, but you don't fully understand the gospel. You're still young in it. My goodness, <laughs> If I'm a two-year-old spiritually, how many of you expected maturity out of your two-year-old? Some of you have two-year-olds right now. Okay? Jesus is very gracious, but I can tell you this. When you hear a message like this, there's something inside of you that feels the weight of it and you know you need to turn and change. Okay? That's what he's saying. You may not fully understand it, but if you are in Christ then you are in grace. And what happens, I think God judges our behavior totally out of love. If you're a judgmental person, he loves you too much to let you stay that way. If you're judging people, he is gonna come in and go, hey, 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 hey. Uh-uh. That's destructive and divisive. That's not how my children act. Okay? So that's really important to understand. I also think that God says, if you want to live in a system of comparison and judgment with other people, I think God's like, do you really want to play that game? Who said that? Yeah. No, not with God? Yeah, Dan, you're exactly right, because let me just show you real quick. 
So here we got God's righteousness and here's ours, right? So what happens when you actually compare yourself to God's right? And you guys, this is not hard. If you all, people think I'm good, man, I'm going to be able to get into heaven. It's like, really? Have you looked at him? And you go, yeah, but I'm a good person. It's like, okay, do you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength like every day, all the time? No. And we get cut down a little shorter. Okay. Hey, do you love other people? Do you love everybody else that you run into? Well, of course not. Oh, and we get a little shorter. He goes, oh, do you consider other people's interests above your own? Again, not very often. And we get a little bit shorter. And you always tell the truth. You're always, right? You're always telling everybody the truth. Okay, not really. And your money, you don't use it all for yourself, right? You actually give me 10%, which is mine actually. And then the other stuff you're generous with. No, you guys see how this works? And next thing you know, we get shorter and shorter and shorter. And here's the truth. Eventually, if you stand with God long enough, you start looking like this. <laughs> and, and as soon as you realize that, wow, this is my righteousness compared to God's, like all of a sudden, I want to tell you, for me, this is what helps humble me. It's because of who he is. And it's because of who I am. That's super important, okay? So, number one reason, why don't we? <laughs> why is it worth dying to a life of judgment? Because then you won't be judged by a really holy, self-righteous God. Number two, he says you won't fall into a pit. <laughs> he, said, he told him this parable. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they both fall into a pit? The student's not above the teacher. Everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Can I, so here's the point, right? If you have a beam in your eye, you can't see. So this is kind of what Jesus is talking about. And he goes, and if you can't see, if you're the blind and you're leading the blind, he goes, if you're blind to the reality of your own faults, he goes, you can't see the truth of your own righteousness. And you know what's going to happen? That's going to lead both you and the people around you into a pit. And what's that, what's that mean? What, what kind of pit? I think it's a relational mess, you guys. It is a pit of performance. It's a pit of pride. It's a pit of separation and division and shame and judgment. He goes, if this is how you live, you're going to fall in that pit. And then he says, come on, man, you're not above your teacher. Hey, you guys, who's your teacher? Who's your teacher? Now, if we're followers of Christ, Every one of us would say, Jesus is my teacher. He says, and you're not above him. And here's what he says. What does Jesus do if he's our teacher? He does see clearly the sin in everybody's lives. And he is absolutely committed to taking out the speck in our eye. But how does he do it? He doesn't do it with a beam. He doesn't do it with judgment. He does it with kindness and grace and truth. The Bible says it's Jesus' kindness that leads us to repentance, to actually change. So why is it worth it to not live, to be free from judgment? Because you won't be judged. And number two, you won't fall into a pit, a relational pit. And number three, he says, you'll help change the world. Look at this. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take the speck out when you yourself fail to see it? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Don't miss that last sentence. Jesus does actually, his end goal 
is that we will see clearly to help somebody. That is his goal. That we could actually help take specks out of each other's eye. Come on, man. You guys, when's the last time you had something in your eye? Isn't that a pleasant thing? I'm telling you, man, it's like you can be going along with your day and everything's fine, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, jeez. And you're just, you stop. Your whole life just stops, and you're in pain when you got a little tiny thing in your eye. I don't know about you, but I'm like, get this thing out. When you have a speck in your eye, you actually want it out. And you guys, all of us in this room, every one of us has these things in our lives. That's why I read a book one time about marriage. And he says, hey man, marriage isn't to make you happy. It's to make you holy. You know why? Because you're going to get close to somebody and they're going to go, wow, look at all those specks in that eye. (laughs) Dating you is fine, but... But you guys, every one of us has these in our eyes. But here's what's true, man. It never, it never comes out with judgment. It only happens with kindness and gentleness and truth. You know, I know there's some people, there's just certain people who are super gifted. They are, they, they see more black and white. I'm kind of gray in my way I see the world. Some people are black and white and you are gifted to actually see. You see that you have a more critical mind. And I just want to say, man, just be careful, though, because you're going to, it's like, man, I can see it. Why, when we see it, do we immediately get it critical? Why do we pilk this thing out instead of a Kleenex and wad it up nice and tight like you did with your little kid and take this back out? That's what Jesus does, and he can empower us to do the same thing. Seeing something wrong, okay, listen to this. Seeing something wrong or bad in someone's life and just pulling away, just keeping your distance, there's no love in that. There's no love in that. That's usually my tendency. But seeing something wrong and being demeaning and shaming and belittling, picking this puppy up and popping people with it, that doesn't help. Seeing something wrong with no self-righteous judgment can get you close enough to the person that you can help. So what's it mean to see clearly? Why can't I see clearly? And with self-righteousness in my eyes. It's usually because I'm only thinking about me. Because I'm too far away. Again, right? I'm too far away. I don't, the truth is, I really am not interested in relationship with you right now. You know why you can't see clearly? Did you ask any questions? Did you ask any questions? Did you actually seek to understand, how'd you get that speck in your eye? Like, right, we hear Mary's story. And all of a sudden, what is there? There's a new level of compassion and love for her because we understand that. We are so quick to say, just get your act together. And we have no idea what people have lived for their lives. You aren't seeing clearly because you're just about getting it right. But when you love somebody, you get close enough to be able to say, hey, Tell me your story. Ask questions. Do you know it? Do you know, do you know that their motive, what was their motive behind their actions? There could be so many things. So here's all you got to say is, what's my motive when I see something good and I wanna, or bad in someone's eye and I want to take it out? What's your whole purpose? Is it love to restore? Remember what it said in Galatians? You who are followers of Christ, 
gently restore. Are you trying to actually restore the relationship or are you just trying to tell them they're wrong? Totally different. All right, now let me wrap this up. How in the world do we get here? It's one thing for Jesus to say, don't do it. Okay, Jesus. That's not gonna work. How do we get there? How do we get to a place of grace? Well, here, let me just show you this. Earlier, I said that our righteousness is like this compared to Jesus. You know what the Bible says? It says, there is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who does good, not even one. He says, your righteous acts are like filthy rags. So here's the truth. This goes to... There's only one who's righteous. In Romans 3, 23 through 26, it says this. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us. There's only one comparison, you guys, that matters. And it's not comparing yourself to any other person on this planet. It's only the comparison to God that matters. And there's only one judge, it's him. And the separation of his judgment is... Eternal, actually. But look at this. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice for sins through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. I love this next verse so much. You guys, here's, here, you wanna know what God's like? Look at this. God did this to demonstrate his Righteousness. Let me show you guys what it means to really be righteous. At the, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. God is the one who says, I can't let sin just go. I have to judge it or I would be an unjust judge. But I'm not just going to be just. I'm actually also going to be the one to pay your price. This judge who is righteous in himself, he's the only one who actually is, pays the penalty for our sin. See, Jesus received the beam of God's judgment for your sin. Isn't it great that God didn't whack you with this beam? He whacked Jesus with this beam. And Jesus took all of your sin. When you're this even if you think you're a toothpick, compared to him. And God said, you know what? I'm gonna take care of you. So let me just show, I just, I I just wanna tell you, what's my only hope? What is my only hope of being able to look at every one of you and if I ever see something in you that I think is wrong or not good or I don't like, my only hope is that when I stand with Jesus and he looks at me, The Bible says that he literally took all my sin, all my greed, all my selfishness, every lustful thing that's ever been inside of me, every mean word, every neglect, every favoritism where I think that you're not as good as I am and so I don't have to be around you. Every one of those, Jesus says, I take into my body on the cross. Dave Nelson, That's where your sin is. All of your self-righteousness, 
everything that you think was right, everything you've ever done wrong is now in me. Do you guys, does this make sense to you? Like this is our only hope of being saved. Because if you want to walk into heaven and go, hey, Jesus, how would I do? Good luck. But I just want to tell you, all of my sin has been put in Jesus. And he has forgiven me for everything I've done wrong. I have received the grace of God, the mercy of God, and the forgiveness of God. And because I possess that, I can now give it. So what do we do? Man, we agree with Jesus. Our first thing to do today, you guys, is just agree. Jesus, I hear you. Do not judge. It's not of you. It's not good, and it's not right. But after we agree, the second thing we have to do is we need to change. Now we need to confess it to him. You need today to be able to go to God and say, God, please forgive me. I totally pull myself away from people that I don't agree with, who I think aren't as, as good as me, who don't, they aren't worthy of my love as if I was ever worthy of your love. I've never come close. And all you do is shower love on me. I confess that to you and I repent, which means I change. And I'm gonna turn towards you to receive your love again and your mercy so I can give it. And then, guys, you're gonna have to take a step. This, is, this was me with the people that God revealed to me. I needed to get the beam out through my confession. And then you got to initiate. You got to move in. You got to move in with grace and truth and say, I'm sorry, because I have judged you. Confess your sin to that person and then start to get to know them and love them and give them the grace that Jesus has given you.